Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brandon on tonight from Dangerous World. He wanted to talk about religion. Actually, we might start a separate podcast about religion. He said something about that too. Yeah. I thought it was a fun one though. I actually had more fun with this one than uh, the last couple. Not that they weren't fun, well, but this is just more relaxed and easy to talk about because we know about this stuff. I was just going to say that's a topic that you both are very knowledgeable on. Yeah, I don't know much about actual... <clears throat> real topics and conspiracies just what i hear but this is a a, religion's the biggest conspiracy i am very well versed in well no i mean what i loved about having brandon specifically which is why i really wanted to do a religion episode with him is because you could say nothing that would offend him about anything which here's the thing why i wanted him on a religion episode is because those are the people who get offended the easiest and they get real real passionate about it he doesn't and i mean he's passionate about it but he's passionate in the way of trying to explain it so like if you hear something that makes him think he doesn't look at it as an argument or something to deconstruct and pare down he looked at it as something to figure out with you what i really appreciated I is that he didn't try to refer me to bible verses every time i talk shit on <laughs> a bible verse so a bible verse <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, he, was, he was really good. As always, you can find them on Instagram at Dangerous World Pod. I think he plugged his Patreon at the end. It's probably the same Dangerous World Pod. Uh, breaking news. I actually started a Patreon for our show, so if you uh, feel the need to support us for some reason, I'm going to have that up soon. I'll put the links out as soon as it's available. I just haven't got, got around to doing the rest of it yet. I'm only going to have Send one me, tier, though. Uh, so just for, you know, I say this as everybody, as all of you, I don't know how many were up to, 50-odd number of people that listen. Um, <laughs> I had no idea. So, Joe, live, if you could send me the info for our Patreon, that would be great. <laughs> well, it's not, I don't know if it's actually up yet. I just kind of messed around with it on my lunch break the other day. 
but I only did one tier and it's three bucks because I don't feel like it's worth any more than that. You're more than welcome. If you want to send us 10 grand, it's uh, Joe Hodgson on Cash App. That would be great. I don't recommend it because that's, you'd just be fucking stupid if you did that. Do it. Just do it. But the Patreon is monthly, $3, and it gets you, well, what I'm planning on is an extra bonus show every week at least, and hopefully we'll have some uh, t-shirts or coffee mugs or what i don't know we'll figure something out but uh the three bucks a month though is only going to go towards ben's coffee bill and our alcohol bill to be fair my 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 coffee bill is is great it's not very expensive um however (laughs) if you would like to cash at me for my kratom bill you can do that also (laughs) at joe hodgson and i'll make sure to get him that money (laughs) For sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of having people on, oh fuck, I forgot to plug my laptop back in. God damn it. Um, hi, we're professionals. Um, mm-hmm. so <clears throat> speaking of, you know, different avenues and whatnot. Um, and we can edit this out if you want later. It doesn't matter. Um, I am going to be receiving probably tomorrow a sweatshirt from an apparel company from one of the guys that I went to the academy with. Um, It's called Relentless, uh, spelled exactly like Relentless, but with an A in there for real. Um, He lives in Philly. He was a correctional officer, and then he got into acting, and he's been in a few uh, small shows here and there, like local shows that he was in in Philly, and then he started his own apparel company. Um, I was thinking about having him on, both for his apparel company, and then also, as an episode to talk shit on the Academy, because who else better to have on the show for that than another one of the guys that went there? Yeah. Well, you know what sucks, though, is that nobody from the Academy that we would want to hear that show is ever going to listen to this show. That's kind of uh, disheartening. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Mo- I mean, that's fair. Most of the people that I think I know from the Academy probably wouldn't listen to this. Uh, but... No, I mean the people we want to hear it, the people that need to hear it, aren't going to ever listen. Oh, probably not. However, it would be a really good plug, which I would be totally fine with having him on to do a uh, <laughs> an A-hole episode and then uh, actually monitor that out to the alumni group that I'm in. I'm, I'm an admin for the Anchor alumni group. It's got like a 180 people in it. and uh, I wouldn't be bragging all... about that. What are you talking about? It's not like <laughs> the A-hole sucks. The guy is... Well, most of the guys suck too, but... No, I mean being an alumni at a prison camp when you were 13 or 14. Hey, man, you don't think that there's, like, San Quentin fucking alumni group on Facebook? I guarantee there is. I think we should do a whole episode on your experience in the Academy. Oh, that's a show for sure. That's a bonus show for Patreon. Sign up. That's that's a fucking series. (laughs) Especially if we had on other people with there. Holy Jesus, dude. We could do a multi-part series. There you go. We'll do like one a week. It'll be a bonus episode. We'll do like a five-part series on the Academy complete with guests. That's going to be fucked up. You know what would actually be really funny is is instead of actually doing like an episode which capsulates that, have like a really quick like five-minute like just tagged on to the end of really random episodes. Like listen to this one for the bonus five. Yeah. And it'd be like – and it'd be like literally no intro, no nothing, just – one time at the academy, so and so stuck his finger in his ass, and then blah 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 blah, and then just cut the show, and that be the end of it. Did that happen? Like, <laughs> no. Oh, I, was, I I believe it. Uh, oh. Anyway, we got off topic. Yeah, I got other news though too. As far as upcoming shows, 
We were going to have a guest on today that couldn't make it because she was getting harassed online, apparently. I won't say her name or anything because uh, she wants to kind of lay low until it blows over. But uh, next next week, we're going to have Terry Lovelace on. He wrote a book called The Incident at Devil's Den. It's his uh, UFO abduction experience. I actually read his book, unlike some other guests we've had on, where I was like, oh, I didn't read your book. Sorry, you're on my show. But I actually read his book, bought it. It was awesome. And uh, I reached out to him shortly after that. It was like two years ago. And uh, I've talked to him off and on since then. But I just realized, oh, my God, he'd be a great guest to have on. He was kind enough to email me right back and be like, yeah, I want to come on. Let's set a time. So next week, we're going to have Terry on. Uh, The week after that, Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled is going to have us on his show to talk about Christmas conspiracies, which is going to be great. It's kind of another... uh, Well, really quick, before you give more of a calendar, um, is there a plug for him that they can go follow him after this episode airs before he comes on next week? Terry's? Yeah. Ah, fuck. Um, Do you have any kind of social or anything like that that they can follow him on so that they can kind of get an idea of what he's going to be going for or what his platform is before he comes on our show? This is how... look it up, but his name's Terry Lovelace and he's written a couple books. Yeah, he actually has a new book coming out, which uh, coincides great with the timing of having him on the show. Hang on, let me... Okay, we can represent that. This is how professional we are. Uh, That's all right. It's terrylovelace.com, it looks like. Oh, he does have a website. Yeah, it's just com, and it's L-O-V-E-L-A-C-E, and then Terry, just T-E-R-R-Y. He sent me a bunch of cool pictures and stuff, too, to use as uh, promo promo materials, and actually a brief bio, too, so I'm going to add that in there. But but I'll I'll make sure I add that into the show notes. (laughs) That I will never read. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy our chat with Brandon, and we'll see you next week with Terry and his crazy UFO abduction. Because I am used to being the questioner and the prober too, so if you guys have some sort of game plan, I'm down to play with one, but if not... uh... You guys don't mind the probing back and forth because, like I said, it's my my natural spot. But I know a lot about the subject anyways, so uh, yeah, no, I, I, I my natural spot that. is definitely getting probed. Yeah, we can yeah. Pro- probe each other. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I no, I just wanted to kind of the same deal. Just have a conversation about what you know about religion. I, did you say you grew up kind of Christian too? Because we grew up like uber Christian, like the most Christian. It was tremendous. It was the most Christian you could do. <laughs> it was yeah. uh, the best way to describe our rising was pious. Pious. Yeah. No, I, I knew how to say uh second Corinthians, not two Corinthians, as our dear leader says, you know. So no no I no, I would say damn near fundamentalist Christian. I actually came to my atheism as a uh as a function of trying to fulfill my duty to I think it's first Peter three sixteen says, you know, be ready to defend yourself uh when people ask about your beliefs because you have some good news to share with the world. You're supposed to be that, you know, the the light that you don't hide in, in a bushel. And um, I just kept asking and found the questions not satisfying and then found a, uh, it's, it's a community of people that I don't actually individually like, but their ideals and, and, and ideas I do. Um, and that happens to be the, the atheists just because we're a little bit more uh, firm set on, you know, we're not, uh, you know, these wishy-washy agnostics. 
these fucks who can't make up their own minds. Uh, we, we've taken a stance on it and are very, very willing to, to, to talk about what Christianity says it does. And I think I know it pretty good. I mean, I'm actually reading, because uh, my girlfriend is a Christian, I'm reading through the Bible uh, for the it's 11th time in my life uh, right now with, with her, just from, uh, from front to back. And then I have done the Quran uh, back to front because they read backwards. <laughs> um, and then uh, Book of Mormon, which my family also has some, some history in. Uh, so, yeah, Protestant, you know, I'm a wasp, you know, turned uh, turned atheist. So, yeah, I forgot that you said that you were an atheist. Um, I, I can't go that far. I'm definitely not religious, like in the traditional sense, I guess. Uh, I think organized religion is probably one of the biggest problems. It might even be the oldest conspiracy in the world is organized religion because it seems to as far as history goes have been used to control people since it started i'm not talking about like the early tribal religions you know that worship the great spirit and the spirit of the seasons and you know you do the rain dance and it rains that wasn't really organized as much as you know current religions so i i i don't have a problem with people's beliefs i have a problem with the organized religion thing Thinking that you have to go to church every Sunday. I mean, because that's what we grew up with. So naturally, me and Ben are going to not like that. But I don't know about going full atheist, though, because I don't, I don't see God as some, some, white, some white dude. <laughs> some white dude in the sky with a big beard that's, like, watching everything. I, it's something crazier than that. And it always comes back to sim theory for some reason. But Yeah, I, I, think, <clears throat> I think that the trend is very, very strongly in favor of people becoming more spiritual, less religious. And that is a reflection of a whole bunch of breakdowns of, um, of industries of society that used to be forming, that used to be working a little bit better. People used to trust them a lot more. The state obviously began, uh, began to crumble, uh, in the, in the middle of the 20th century. Um, this is where we get the ideas of postmodernism, um, ideas that, you know, we don't, we walk around this earth, thinking that we're good people, but really all we've done is tell ourselves different stories that support our value system and the fact that we're not uh, maybe invading another country when we uh, leave England and come over here to our continent, but maybe we are working on God's path. Uh, or, or as the New Age like to say, uh, in a little bit more woo-woo way, we're working towards some energy, some perfect vibration. I just, I, I just put it all in the woo-woo category, man, and I don't think you have to work that hard to be uh, you know intellectually okay with 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 saying that so i don't know what the what the the new age hit these days are but um but i would say yeah you can you can drop it just as easily as you can the rule that you have to honor the sabbath day which by the way fuck that man sunday is my favorite day to do uh like jack off shit and and you know do do get day drunk play some golf i'm not honoring that day for shit man I feel like I uh, honor every other day with my, you know, slavery to the system. Sunday is my day. It's not the Lord's day. It's Joe's day. <laughs> ben, you got something mulling in your brain over there? I yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't really found anything to like point out or ask about. I agree with. I mean, even if you take it take it from somebody who's uh, very fanatical on the Bible front the whole respecting the Sabbath day doesn't apply anymore anyway. And it hasn't for a long time. Uh, only, only the people that are still 100% Jewish that think that the, you know, Christ didn't come and all that and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They, they'll still respect it. But again, that's out of organized religion. That has nothing to do with anything else. They do it very religiously. They do it just because they do it. There's so many Jewish people Dude. that, that are atheists. 
there's Jewish atheists and they still respect the Sabbath and do all the stuff. It's like, why? What are you doing? Speaking about just doing it, I, I walked in to get to a smoke shop the other day to get uh, Kratom. And I walked in and I like backed up from the counter because I felt like I was invading the dude's face. He had his mat out, his shoes off. He was like doing oh, his, his like mecha thing. At a smoke shop, all... you say? No way. Yeah, and I, I walked in and I looked I looked over the counter and like he I could tell that he saw me out of the thing and he's still like whispering and he's like going down. I was the only other person in there, so I was like, um, okay, so I kind of like put my hands behind my back and like took a step back from the counter. And then he gets up and he rolls up his mat and he's like, oh, thank you, my friend. And I'm like, yeah, you betcha. I, I just need stuff. He's like, would you like me to anyway. promote your podcast? <laughs> you sent well, me $100. Well, to speak to the functionality, though, of those practices, I actually see some. I mean, there's um, even the idea of Christian prayer. I don't think it actually does anything. I think it works, 50, you know, 50% of the time, right? Um, it's like a coin toss. But the practice of engaging in some, what the Buddhists would call loving kindness, where you sit down and really, really hard, just try to uh, imagine someone that you love very, very much. Try to push to them in your own mind the best thoughts that you could to them. I want, I want the best for them. I want them to have the best life. Um, that is, to me, a good way of changing your own mindset for when you then interact with that person. Now, a Christian prayer, just praying for someone, is, I think, something very, very similar to that. It is taking a second. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's very similar to our mindfulness trends these days, where mindfulness is like, seen as like a, uh, a stress ball for, for the CEO, a tool that everyone has to have in their pocket. But really, I think it is an expression of former practices that were based in religion. But just because they were based in religion, show, it does not mean that they are best attained by going to religion for them. And, you know, you talk about the honoring the old ways of the Sabbath, but the new Christians are doing the same thing, man. The only reason they don't uh, respect that stuff is because of this whole human sacrifice thing. I mean, they get away with it by saying that Jesus was half human. Okay, well, a half a human sacrifice is still a little bit too far to say that 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 you if you then cleanse my sins. Doug Stanhope has a great bit. Like, that fucking makes no sense, anyways. What I I stub my toe for your mortgage payment. You don't you don't get relief by this, these human sacrifices, and that is old school stuff, man. That's when they were thinking, hey, why don't we kill this goat? and my two daughters, and then maybe we'll get rain a little bit sooner this, this, this year. Well, that was, we yeah. talked, we've talked about it before. We actually recorded a religion episode like two months ago that I never put out just because uh, we probably got too drunk or something, but I just never went back and listened to it. But I brought that up. That was my, one of my biggest problems is that God forbid, or forbid, God expressly forbids human sacrifice through the entirety of the Bible. But the only way to absolve you of the sin of human sacrifice and other sins is by another human sacrifice. How does that make sense? My parents could never answer me straight on that. They just referred me to other Bible verses, and I'm like, no. no. What do you think? Use your brain. It's, it's, it's old school, and, and you know what? Everyone, you know, outside of their individual canonical doctrines, outside of their the differences in their practices, their beliefs, the, the name of the person that they chant to every day, they they all they all do this. They all play in this to a certain extent. Even if they say they express, expressly won't do that, that to me shows that because these things say that the best the best way to live your life is by following these practices, and that in those religions or 
cults, whatever you want to call them, in those religions, these same things still happening in an attempt to live a better life, it shows to me that there is intellectually something upstream of religion that does not require a god uh, or, or gods or goddesses. Let's be, let's be uh, equal opportunity here. Or non-binary gods. Get, you don't want to leave those yeah, folks or, out. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need them to explain anything, I would argue, um, uh, including whatever kind of spiritual development that you, that you want to attain. Well, you mentioned the loving kindness thing. If you know, you talk about the golden rule, basically the same idea of treating, and in this case, you're you know correlating it to prayer. I mean, they teach loving kindness in you know therapy when you're talking about trying to figure out what you're going to do with a problem or somebody that you're struggling with, and so you go through it yourself, and a lot of times that comes into your own self worth. Start teaching loving kindness to yourself so that you have a better self image, and so on and so forth. Um, in the idea of them not needing to explain anything, part of what I've come come to, because I wouldn't consider myself a Christian because I hate that title, um, but I, I do, I do, if I'm honest myself, believe in the God of the Bible. The way that I've come about it in today's day and age was actually talking to pastors and other people from churches that I've gone to throughout, well, now the United States, was everything that we were raised on is exactly the new age dogmatic form of what the Jews did just with a few tweaks and turns as to how they did it. And one of the guys that I had gone to to talk with for a couple of years, he was like, I preached the same thing for years. He's like, I was an assistant pastor in the church you guys were raised in. And the more he's like, I went and got, you know, what our church circle would consider a secular, um, master's degree in psychology. I went to, you know, secular, secular universities, which they look down on. He goes, but the more that I've started looking through the Bible and, and doing all of this, the more that I start to realize if, if everybody practiced the way that they preached Christianity and take whatever form of Christianity that you want to talk about, whether it's Catholicism or Jehovah's Witness or Mormons or whatever, is it would be a whole lot less preaching and teaching and a lot more doing but it's still not, it, it's, it's, it, there's so many gray areas. Like, it was always so black and white. That was what my parents always said. It's just like the pages, black and white. And I'm like, but it's not. It, it, there's more of a guideline for being a better human. Because if you really practice it the way the Bible said, well, we're never going to be perfect. So if it's just more of a guideline to be a, a better human being and you're attaching a deity to it, okay, great. But I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think that everything in it is just personally, I don't, I don't believe everything in it the way that they wrote it, because I'm never going to believe whether you want to believe in inspiration or not, that a bunch of dudes who wrote one book is infallible. I don't think that that's, that's even accurate. Yeah, it's it, it just, when I, when I hear religious people or people who cling to the books uh, to, to any extent, it then, be, it then goes into cherry picking. And I think that the way yeah. that we interpret which ones, which verses are fallible and which ones aren't, they, that is the way that we pick and choose is just determined by the overlaying uh, secular ethics that we have, you know, had to fight very, very long and hard against religious tyranny to achieve for ourselves to be able to say, no, slavery is like not a thing. Like, and we can, you know, there's disagreements about the way that we look back on people in pity on how they believed back then, but you have people. You have people arguing on both sides of the Civil War, and even if you take the most, I think, simplic, simplistic uh, doctrines of Christianity, 
even if you wanted to cut it down to the New uh, Testament, which a lot of Christians like to do, you're still dealing with the idea of good and evil. And in, in, in there, in those set of ideas, I think lies a lack of empathy because you get an out by saying, you get an out, as Paul says, when you approach uh, an atheist as a Christian, you get, a, you, get, you get to be able to say to them, look, because it's written in my Bible that God has written my, uh, his laws upon your heart, you actually do know the truth. You are just evil enough or have been corrupted by evil to where you can't be convinced of the fact that Jesus is the, the, uh, the human sacrifice that you should believe in. So right. It's an, with, it's an argument fail-safe there if you really want to go, you know, at that deep into it. It's always there's always a fail-safe. It was one of the things that Joe and I always had a problem with. We could never argue with our parents because they always had some Bible verse they could pull out of their ass that supported whatever, you know, argument we were having right there. And if they ever got them into a corner, they would be like, Well, that's you know, that's just your that's just your sin nature talking out against you, you know? It's it's Logical. brainwashing at its purest form. I, that's interesting you brought that up, too, that uh, there is a, a verse in the Bible that says God's revealed himself to all men. So my argument was, so some deep, dark tribe in Africa that's never even seen a white person before, somehow they know that Jesus is the king, like, in and their, they have books like intrinsically, it. and they, they, they know that they should go to church on Sundays, and gays are bad, and, you know, g take whatever rule out of the Bible you want. They're supposed to just know that already and they're Joe, like well no I they, had that he, argument with mom no and mom's like no the, she, god reveals himself to people in different ways i'm like you mean like different sets of beliefs like different religions kind of like that like hindus in india that's how they perceive of god maybe it's the same god they just call him krishnu krishna what, what, vishnu yeah yeah i mean these are all logical tautologies that that you can set up for yourself when you don't go by the bounds of logic and reason um, where you you can't be disproven, right? And that is a perfectly bad theory, a theory that can't be disproven. It leads, I think, again, in this good and evil idea, I think leads to the way in which a lot of conspiracy theorists, because you know that I, you guys know that I am the skeptic in the crowd here. Um, no, that, here. Yeah, that, that if you drop that need for reason and logic and think that the uh, people on the other side of, of uh, the aisle politically are somehow influenced by or asking help from some evil de deity, they do not seem humanized. They do not seem like someone who you will want to spend time reasoning with or even understanding their side, even trying to steel man their arguments and say, I understand your side. I understand why you believe that. And yet still my value system drives me this way. Um, which is a perfectly logical endpoint for our political turmoil that we're experiencing today, but it's 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 restrained by these ideas like good and evil, um, uh, like tautologies that say that just because a theory can't be disproven, well, uh, sorry, because a theory can't be disproven, that it's a good one. Logic and reason just don't stand up to that. Yeah. No. Uh, same with the bring it back to your atheism thing, though. That's something that can't be proven either. And you don't seem like one of those dogmatic atheists like Richard Dawkins. Uh, I can't stand listening to that dude because he sounds more dogmatic than any preacher I've ever fucking listened to. He's so sure of himself. He insists upon himself, Lois. He he acts like he knows he knows exactly what he's talking about. And in his mind, he probably does. But he sounds just like every preacher I grew up with, too, that knew they were right. 
Yeah, I have a problem with those kind of people, too. The people that they swing the other direction. And he said it perfectly with with the political climate. Politics and religion, they go hand in hand in the way that anybody who takes it too fucking seriously, I won't listen to. Because either way that they look at it, they're just like, this is how it is. It's like, but you don't know that. You're living your whole life based on a book that was written, compiled, and translated by men just like you and probably mistranslated a whole lot. Translated seven times. Yeah. Well, that's the number of perfection, obviously. It says in Psalms that, you know, the word of... Oh, shit. Uh, It says that uh, it was tried, the word of God tried by fire seven times. Well, the KJV 1611 that all the Bible thumpers love to, you know, stick to, that's the seventh English translation. The oldest English translation you can't even read because it's in Old English. Um, I was like, okay, so you don't think that they put that in the seventh translation? As like, yeah, we're putting our stamp of approval on this translation. Or maybe they just said, this is the seventh time, this is the one. Maybe yeah, they just said now, that. It, English changes just like it did between those seven, those seven different translations. English has also changed since then, but all the rest of them are infallible, and for whatever reason, this particular one is the one. It doesn't not, make any sense. Not to mention, there's so many mistranslations between Hebrew and Greek and all those old archaic yeah. languages. I heard a... You might actually, Brandon, be interested in this dude. Look him up. Uh, I think his name's Micah Dank. Um... He did, he did a, yeah, I know, dank, whatever. He did a, a really good, uh, I can't remember what show it was on. I'll have to get back to you on that. But he did this show about the, how the whole Bible can be explained as a metaphor, which I totally agree with. There might be some parts that are kind of historically accurate in some ways, but it, he breaks down all these different stories in the Bible that make way more sense if you think of it as a metaphor. Where are you going, Ben? Yeah, the... <laughs> This is like uh, he's walking like around. That, that new <laughs> oh, just talk. Um, the 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 idea behind a metaphor, though, is that a, a metaphor requires, I think, some framework around which to build that metaphor. I mean, in any metaphor, in any analogy, you are you're taking some bit of knowledge that we are that we commonly are. Um, are comfortable with experiencing. We've, we've had a lot of experiences with that. But when you do that, it then places it in, um, it then places it in the framework of the way that you've thought about it. And, and in that way, I don't think you can lay that over the way that people were thinking 2000 years before, uh, 2000 years ago, before, you know, reason was a thing to be strived for, you know, where you had a moral system that were laid down to not how reasonable this is, this is, how aligned with God is this? Because uh, a, 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 according to a whole bunch of theological theories on this, I mean, they've spent a long time thinking about these things. Everything that happens is good because it is in God's will. You know, everything that we have, uh, you know, kids dying in tsunamis, uh, dying, of, uh, most people in history dying from their teeth because of the way that our teeth are just built bad evolutionarily and they get infected so much. Uh, women child, uh, dying in childbirth it's those these analogies they only stand up to the the way that we understand things now so they can be used sure as going like looking backwards and saying like yeah you could see how you know where it says stone the motherfucker who's fucking his bro in his ass you can change that to oh yeah but also look in the new testament where he says yeah but all of my believers except for their faith they're just as bad as that person so don't worry about it, it right those are the types of ways that they 
use analogies like to say that no, 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 what we were saying was not that bad, but that does not give them any right to forget when they did have power, when they were politics, and when they were walking around the earth, conquering most of it, and saying uh, this is because God said so. Yeah, that's the cherry picking thing too. The I think uh, I mean Joe, you said you know analogies. I the more that I read it, and the more that I'm still around it, the more I think virtually the whole Bible is nothing but analogies all the way through. Even if you look at the ones where they're like Revelation, every single other word in that book is like a or as a, mm-hmm. because all he could do was talk about what it somewhat appeared to be. All he could do was kind of liken it unto whatever it was that he was talking about. And most most of the parables that Jesus says, uh, most of it is all just based on this is kind of what we think, because these are the words that we have to describe it. Right. And then everybody in our circles is all like, no, that's what it said. Like, Jesus is a fucking lion. Yeah, well, like, so is Satan. Lion, Satan uh, walks around the earth as a roaring lion too. So hey, same, same, but different, but still same. <laughs> but yeah, no, Revelation <laughs> Revelation is uh, one of the areas Micah Dank focused on too because basically all of Revelation was a something he was seeing in the sky and he was kind of correlating right. it to the different patterns of the planets and the stars as they move and, you know, the dragon de- uh, devouring the woman is like Draco with Virgo. Like everything was a, a star pattern. It was really fucking interesting. I've never thought of it that way before. Why am I staring at your keyboard? Uh, because my camera fell. You need to just pl- so is, plant yourself. We're having a conversation here, buddy. Well, I was trying to get everything ready in a, in a rush. We're professionals here, Brandon. Can you tell? And I forgot the stuff that I wanted to drink. I don't want to miss out on the conversation. Well, you're good. All right. well so, so, so this is John, somebody named John in the first century, writing down a dream that he had for Re- uh, Revelation, right? Uh, we don't know if it was if it was the, uh, the apostle or not. The best guess is, is that it was not. Um, and I, I, you know, that is a good one to talk about how, how we place things in today's perspective, right? Like we only... We only now know, looking backwards, that the that the the imagery of Draco and the the whore of Babylon, all this, all these things, they line up with paganistic imagery so well because religions do that. They rub elbows with each other. They're uh, uh, relatives in this brotherhood of humanity on this planet Earth, and they learn something from each other. They they, they pick off the, the best parts of it. But there are there are truth claims in the Bible. There are things that are not. You can you cannot say that uh, I, I would argue that you cannot say that there is nothing metaphorical about the fact that you are supposed to bring two uh, two turtles to the uh, to the places where the Jews worship if you do such and such a sin and if you don't bring the two turtles and those turtles aren't sexy as fuck and they don't have <laughs> you know all four limbs they're they're accused as being like you know, wholly un, un, unworthy of, of a sacrifice. There are truth claim, uh, claims in this. I mean, people, half the, a good portion, I won't say half, as I haven't looked at the most recent numbers, but a good portion of the United States really does think that the earth is 6,000 years old and that there was a, 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 a biblical global flood, you know? Um, well, these are, these are, these are not the metaphors. Flood, though. I've heard that there are a lot of things that, whether or not they're all in the same time frame or not, there's 
a shitload of religions that all agree within the early parts of what I guess you could call the age of the earth when it comes to religions, that they agree on a global flood of some sort. I think even science to some extent does. They call it the pre-Diluvian and post-Diluvian. I think that's the word. Don't fucking quote me on that. But there, there is a lot of evidence that supports a global flood, but that doesn't, that doesn't make all the events surrounding Noah's Ark true. Sure, sure. I mean, well, just I just mean, the sheer the sheer it, logistics of having that many animals on the size of the boat the Bible says it was, and all the food to feed everybody for forty days. It none of it. There's some metaphor to that one for sure. But I get Brandon what you're saying about you know bring the turtles for a certain sin. Yeah, these are people that believe some weird shit. Obviously, so I believe that they actually did that. I believe they killed goats and spread their blood on the you know door frame because they thought it would keep out the angel of death. I believe that. People did that. Do people do but weirder shit now? Christians, if the, those same Christians, though, if all they said was we don't believe in the New Testament, so we're practicing Old Testament law, and you walked in to them doing sacrifices and having incense and having a holy of holies within their house, like all of that shit, all set up on their property, you'd be like, "What?" These same Christians that we know today would be like, "What the fuck? Yeah. What are you doing?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I think there's, I think there's as many images or ideals of god as there are people in pews in pews you know they're they're every one of us has some version of god some set of things that he will forgive us for especially a lot quicker than those <laughs> same things when they're done by our enemies right um but i mean to, so here to go back to like scientific claims like this is how easily they can screw with those departure from uh, a good majority of the earth being underwater to being overwater that is something that is just attested to by the pangean shift it's why we have uh seashells on top of mount everest because that was at one point below uh below sea level right now we have a whole bunch of civilizations attesting to great floods most civilizations when they get really badass they at least get badass enough to uh learn from other uh civilizations and to build a good one for themselves they're all built near water sources. Or if you want to talk about the Nile, you want to talk about uh, just just any of the oceans. The Amazon huge sources of life, and and tsunamis happen, and and tides do go up a lot bigger, a lot higher than they do at some other times. Like they can all be talking about things happening in their own regions and learning from former things that happened to their own regions, right? Like uh, the e Egypt and China were screwing around a lot earlier than. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Egypt and China were screwing around a lot earlier than any of the Israelites were. They very, very obviously pulled from the uh, the Egyptian um, you know, le legends of the Nile going up, which just it just happens. It doesn't need anything from God. And yeah, when you start saying that these things are needed from God, you get contraptions like you're saying, like the Ark. The way they, they've, they've calculated that the just the, the methane coming off from their shit, all the animals in there, would kill everyone on board. You know? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's funny too because it the I think the story goes that it covered the entire Earth in water. Well, maybe the entire Earth, as far as they could tell, in their little section of you know the world they were in, to them it looked like it. It would be like being on the ocean, and that was your entire world, and going, holy shit, the entire world is water now. But it's really just the ocean. There's land. You got to go about fifty miles south, you know. <laughs> And it's the, uh, the the same thing as when you create like a new Minecraft world, but they fuck you on the spawn. They set you in the middle of the ocean. And you're like, fuck, is the rest of it going to be this way? <laughs> no, that's, that's, it's a bad thing. And that, that's, a, that's a, a lazy reptilian way of thinking of things. And I think it's very, very, it, it's downstream 
from uh, where a lot of these uh, these God myths come from. You know, one of my favorites is the idea that our I, the thought process that you put yourself through, you're trying to say to yourself, okay, the spot that I see everywhere that I knew is now flooded. That must mean the entire earth is flooded. That is an judgment that is it's as something that's actually been programmed into us through evolutionary uh, evolutionary biology. So imagine yourself as like uh, um, whatever, a, a little meerkat on the African plain in Africa, a couple million, you know, a couple million years ago. Um, if you are are walking around around that around that time, and you hear like a branch uh, snap behind you, you can do two things: you can run away, or you can stay. You, you might think that the what's behind you is a lion, and you might be able to reason that what's behind you is uh, just the wind or just some random branch cracking. The people, the the meerkats, the, the the things that live, that the choice to run away from that noise, whether it ends up being a lion or the wind, those, those animals, those things got to pass on their genes because the people who stayed there, the, the meerkat who stayed there when he, he heard that noise and it ended up being a lion, he's out. He's out of the, the, the genetic life pool. You know, he's like most of Alabama at this point. He just doesn't, <laughs> he just shouldn't be allowed to, to, to procreate because he fucked up. So those, the tendency to choose a false negative and to act on it is a is a big one, and it it's why we're so good at, at looking at patterns. Why the conspiracy theory, you know, industry is so strong. I think because humans innately are so good at drawing patterns. You know, there's a, another great example is that face on Mars. There's this uh, great satellite imagery of a, a a picture of Mars before they were able to zoom in too close, and because you're zoomed out so much, this thing on Mars looks like a face. Yeah. Because our, our our minds have been programmed to walk, no, to notice faces in the forest, because that might be someone from the the tribe next over who we have bad blood with. Um, you zoom in uh, with a better with a better telescope twenty years later, and it doesn't look like a face at all. That same spot just looks like it's very much more defined, so it's not a face anymore. Um, yeah, I don't again, put too I much stock into religion. things like that. The face on Mars, the face on the moon, whatever. Yeah, we're we're seeing things we want to see because we're our brains are programmed to see that. So I don't I don't take much stock in that kind of stuff. But you got to imagine that might be where some religions came from too, is seeing weird shit like that and going, well, this must be God because we don't know what the fuck it is. But I don't know how much logic they had back then besides general survival, like when these religions first started, all they were trying to do is kind of like what you're saying with the meerkat. They were just trying to survive and they survived, wrote about it and said, there's, you know, a sky God and a rain God and they take mm -hmm. care of us because obviously we're still here. Yeah. It's, it's the oldest explanation for it. And as such, I think it is the worst and the easiest to replace. I mean, the, I, the idealizing of uh, the snake as evil, that works, that lines up like uh, in the, uh, genetically and evolutionarily, for me at least. When I'm walking around in the Arizona desert here and I see something move like this on the ground, it's something intrinsic in me. It's not something that you can that you can get taught. It's a it's primal, that, fuck like, that. <laughs> yeah, through epigenetics has taught us, if you see something like this on the ground moving like this, you back the fuck out of there. It makes sense why they, why they made the devil... Uh, you know, talk through through a snake. You know that what 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 other thing shakes you to your core 
Um, I mean, they weren't, they were living in a desert too. You know, they have, you have religions that lived on more like Polynesian uh, areas where the ocean, it really is all they know. And they talk about their gods being down there in the deep or their devils being down there in the deep where I've been out in the middle of the ocean and jumped in. It's scary as fuck. It's shaking to your core. It feels like something must be down there and it's aiming for me. Or most of the time it's just, it's just fine. You're just or, fine. It's or a seaweed. big past open space. But, seaweed freaks yeah. me out. Yeah, that, that's a yeah, good. Uh, like something yeah. uh, tickles your little leg hairs. Uh, yeah, the Rogan quote always gets to me. He's like, "Why are we fucking looking for aliens in outer space? Have you seen the ocean? We have. We don't even know what's in most of the ocean. There's fucking aliens down there. Have you seen an octopus? That's a goddamn alien." <laughs> but we yeah, don't. We like actually have more experience going into space to look at stupid rock planets than going down into the ocean where there's living shit that could more than likely shake the core of what we think is possible. There's some weird shit like 8,000 feet down in the ocean or however deep it is. I'm, I'm just throwing numbers out yeah, there. Yeah. Hey, we lost Ben again. Yeah, but, where the fuck did he go? Ben! <laughs> something I something I, I do look forward to with my interactions with former Christians. Do you guys have a particular like spot in the Bible that made you like always laugh as a kid or like cra- you know snapped you out of what the fuck am I reading? This is not yeah. some... This is not- some, some bullshit deity i have um my favorite is uh so i wasn't allowed to watch harry potter i was, I was that kind of household oh we weren't either no oh, i watched it after i moved out it's a fucking great movie set it, it, it really really is uh, and my mom wouldn't allow me to do that however my mom also loved the star wars series uh and one day i just got old enough to and it just popped into my mind hey like when she's telling me about why i shouldn't be watching harry potter because you know saul Back back then, when he was mad at David, he went to a witch, and the witch saw that he was Saul, and she was about to do black magic, but she puffed out of nowhere. That is exactly what you're promoting, or what you're putting in your mind, in your soul, in the well of your mouth. You're putting this 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 demonic shit, and it just popped in my mind. What 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 about like the dark side of the force in like Star Wars? What about anything like that? That's and the, and her her the second that she took to think about it to be like, hmm. That that broke me, man. That broke me, to be honest. That was one of them. There's archetypal imagery in all these kinds of movies, and there's the cherry picking again. She saw one is fine and the other is not. Well, do what you want. Would you, you got something to say, babe? No, I was going to say, did you have a moment like that? I didn't grow up in a religious house at all. My parents took us to church for two years just to get us baptized, and then we bounced. I mean, that's not what they said. That's what I think happened, because we literally just went for two years of my life. Well, I had but several. Did you have a moment where you thought... Oh, hey. Uh, yeah, a lot. That's why I, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast before. I've told you before, but um, I wrote a letter to my pastor when I was like 12 with several points. Do you remember that, Ben, to Pastor Bruno? I wrote Because I had all these questions, and my parents were like, maybe you should ask uh, the pastor. I'm like, why don't you fucking answer him? You guys know what you're talking about, right? So I sent him this whole handwritten, because it was like, you know, 97, this whole letter of all these different points that didn't make sense to me in the Bible, and he literally wrote back, answering zero of them and that's kind of was probably the point where i was like okay something's fucky here because this doesn't make sense like god created adam and eve and then somehow without incest which is expressly forbidden as well they populated the entire earth without fucking each other's kids or anything how how is that and same with noah everyone got wiped out except noah and his fucking family and they repopulated the earth by what fucking the goats is that where Biden comes from? That long lineage? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think I think the verse is like, uh, 
you know, after they, after uh, Adam and Eve ate from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they left and established a, uh, um, you know, a spot right next to this whole, uh, these whole villages over here. Yeah. Don't ask, don't ask where they came from. Just down the road there from the Garden of Eden. Uh, they were the first, but there is there are also these villages down there too. Well, so, yeah, and then whatever, when Cain whatever. when Cain killed his brother, he got sent off somewhere to a city. It's like these are the first three people, and there's cities already. What the fuck is going on? Uh, I think I think uh, the answer to that one was as far as the incest thing goes, or however the earth was populated, is that God actually made more people. He just they just told us the story of the first man, and then God created a lot more people after that. And I was like, so you're saying there's stuff in the Bible that we weren't told? So you're saying aliens might be real. You think that God was fucking around on Earth and wasn't like, oh, there's several million light years worth of shit here. Maybe I should make some other things to fuck around with the humans on Earth. <laughs> like, nope, nope, aliens don't exist because it wasn't in the Bible. I'm like, you're talking in circles here. Can we get back to logic? <laughs> ben, did you have a, a, a Bible time or a Bible verse or anything or a specific like instance where you snapped out of the of the whole God thing was like what the fuck am I doing doing this for? I, I think I think I don't think there was a specific verse or passage, um, because at that same time that Joe would have written that letter, a whole lot was going on for me and Joe when it came to what our what was going on with our parents. Um, I would I would have been eight, so twelve and eight. By basically that point on. I mean, Joe being being the wonderful older brother and influence that he is, uh, you know, passed down all of his knowledge uh, directly to the eight-year-old. It's speculation. And, uh, it's not knowledge. And, and, <laughs> yes, because at 12, he was like, by the way, this is completely conjecture. Uh, all I knew is I was like, so, something's <laughs> fucky here. No, he was like, dude, it's okay to say ass. Um, <laughs> Did you know ass just means your butt? He called the shit poop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly it was funny but no i just remember it was around that time that both of us it for me it, it wasn't this uh intelligent thought process for me it was at eight years old we started listening to like britney spears and i thought that i was going to like straight up vampire in a church and sunlight burst into flames if i listen to this shit you actually so do if you listen to britney spears just to be fair no, oh, fuck yeah, I listen to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and all of it. I'm and, a womanizer. Yes. And uh, as we started doing this, it, it was by basically that eight time frame on that I started realizing, like, there's a lot of stuff that they're telling us is wrong, because this is how my eight-year-old brain thought about it, was there's a lot of things that they're telling us are wrong that aren't wrong. Like, and as the older I got, the more that I started learning this and started doing by 14, I got sent to the academy and was completely submerged in not only that, but a whole pile of other shit, where by the time I got out of the academy at 16, I only stayed at my parents' house for another 10 months. And I went, you know what? When I, when I finally left uh, at 16 from my parents' house, I went, this isn't about the classic uh, Christian rebellion of a teenager. When I left, it was finally grounded on the idea that I'm not going out to I'm literally leaving because I do not believe that this is the way that I should live my life. And I would like to go find out what way that is. I didn't go out to purposely destroy and do all the things that they had told me not to do. I went out because I went, I don't want to go off the deep end either, but I also don't think that this is right. So I'm going to leave and figure it out for my fucking self. 
religion is kind of like prayer. It did a 50-50 job on us. There's things we've taken away from it that I'm sure are great, but it's also fucked us up a wee bit. Obviously, we're talking about this for an hour. Uh, obviously, it fucked up Brandon a little bit. <laughs> that that fuck, that that guilt, man, that guilt is the thing that is, to me, the one of the scariest things. Because, I mean, the, the, the guilt that is imposed upon you when you really do believe, when you actually take these, these words to heart, which I think you are supposed to do, you're actually literally supposed to be directed to write these words upon your heart. That if I'm not working this way, if I don't have the right kind of faith, that I'm going to burn forever in hell. And that is just not something, that is a threat with which kids should not be put up to, to you know, to be, should be made to deal with. Uh, yeah, um, that's the, and, uh, the ultimatum thing where God loves you so much that he sent his son to save you from all your sins. But if you don't, fuck you, you're burning in hell. That's an ultimatum. That's not love. Well, that's, that's choose me Katie, or fuck off. Katie and I had this conversation constantly was how thin they made that box. Where if you went, so they, they tell you, you know, you, you, when you get saved, it's not, you're not just getting fire insurance, right? Um, I'm sorry, but when you have, when you're baptizing a six-year-old or a seven-year-old, you don't think 100% of the time that they were in their bed going, fuck, dude, I don't want to burn forever. Save me. Like, that's all it is to them. But then what they do is they sit there as you get older, you start to fuck up because you're human. Or not even necessarily fuck up. Let's let's take it outside of that box. Let's just say you're experiencing life the way that life is supposed to be experienced that they don't agree with because they've taken their laws and put them up to God's levels. So now you're going to hell not just for breaking God's laws, but any of theirs. And they go, well, it says here that it's not by works. It's by faith. So you go, okay, then I believe it. Okay, but if you really do believe it, we'll be able to see it by your works. So now your works aren't in play, and then they go, okay, well, maybe you're not actually saved. So now you're going back and trying to resave yourself so you can get the works, even though it's not about those, it's by your faith, which you've already done three times by the age of 14 because you're afraid that you aren't actually saved because you're not a good enough kid for your parents. Terrified into That's, servitude. That, that, that is, man, I think the, like, the exact like, st- the, the, the steps that one can take. And I just see so many other people jumping off earlier and just defaulting to, uh, well, the, 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 the prophet told me that the best way to live for God is to be a martyr. And this isn't, this isn't a, a Muslim thing. This is also, this is also yeah. preached very, very hard through Paul because he's the main one writing the, le- the letters, right? And he is uh, eventually killed um, for being a martyr that you can, you, if you, you can justify doing anything and, and, and saying, well, at least I know in my heart, I can't prove it to anyone else, and I shouldn't even be asked to, but I can prove in my heart that this is something that God wants me to do. That is why I'm taking uh, uh, flying lessons in Phoenix and uh, taking, a, taking a trip to, to Manhattan in a couple of weeks, uh, right straight into the fucking uh, Twin Towers, man. That, <laughs> that, is the, that, that is the logical steps that, that this kind of thing allows you to go to. It's why you have kids killing themselves to be in heaven with their dad. This is an actual phenomenon that you see. That's why you have people uh, in, in uh, Africa um, being killed because of the way that they're mistreating the, the crackers that you give um, uh, when you're, when you're you know, eating, eating his body, eating zombie Jesus' body. You know? They've been <laughs> killed for, for mistreating little things because that waiver literally does turn into the body of Christ. You know, this is not this is not metaphors for us 
who are living in in in, in Western, relatively well-informed America, thinking, um, you know, this is this is why the sun goes out, the uh, sun goes down every now and then. Uh, it's because we're on this globe and we're spinning this way. Whereas a good portion of the, the, the fucking planet is okay with thinking, no, no, that's specifically because God put it there. If he hadn't been here, none of this would be here and neither would you. So it's a good thing that I brought my my uh, my friend who knows a lot about the Bible to talk to you about Jesus. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though, is that that's, that's where I start to get torn is because, and this is why I'm so, I'm very shallow in, uh, I guess you could say, my Christianity uh, would be because I... I don't look at it and go that that way. I don't look at it and be like, well, the big, bright, crawling snail through the sky is only there because Jesus put it there. I'm also not in any way, shape, or form because it, just by looking at it scientifically, the possibility of Earth being the exact way it is, where it's at, its ecosystem, everything, is so the chance of one planet being inhabitable the way that the Earth is when you look at the rest of everything astrologically is like such a small chance. Okay. That, I'm going to have happen. to disagree there so I, I, because there's, they've identified, well, they, they, the scientists, uh, there have been identified like millions of planets that are earth-like that could inhabit life. We can't get there at least yet, unless we can bend the space time continuum. There's no way we're getting there with rockets, but there's so many planets. Brandon, I know you're biting at the bit here, but it's, there's so many planets that are Earth-like that could support life. It's insane. So to think that we are actually the only ones that are here, you know, talking into microphones, drinking White Claws, I mean, <clears throat> beer, that seems more yeah, insane to me. It's Fermi's paradox, right? That statistically, there are way too many um, extrasolar planets, things that have only been uh, uh, identified or actually seen through the Hubble telescope since the 90s. So this was only an idea for a little bit, but now that we do know that, it's we've shifted our idea of what life can be uh for in one instance you know carbon happens to be a pretty good molecule that sticks together a whole bunch of other stuff but a silica a sand-based life form is not that hard to imagine something that might move a little bit differently now the fermi's paradox also says that even though there's all those chances of them being out there we haven't interacted with it yet but this whole this the, the i th i think the kind of creationist level argument of Look at how perfect we are the way we are. Well, if you turn back the clock just a few million years here, we're not where we are. We are, we are dying. Uh, more of us are, you know, we're, we are dying from our teeth. We are dying from childbirth. And it's almost, I, I would think that this reason is also, this reasoning is also backward. It's not, we, it's not, we were meant to be here. Therefore, the things that make us live the way that we do are lined up appropriately. It's the things that, make us live the way that we do to make us shape the way we are they were there and out of that system only is going to produce us and if you go back in time and change one thing that might it might screw up all of human like existence but there's nothing saying that we have to be here um you know and, and i think to say that there is something there is something special about us is to adopt that hubris that religion gives you that says Believe it or not, this entire universe, this, at least the solar system, it was made for you. It was made for us. It was made specifically so that 2,000 years ago, a guy could kill himself uh, um, on, on, on a cross for, for our sins. Something that I don't think we need saved from, and we have better explanations for how life can come about. They're so far away that we can't see. We actually can't see these other planets, really. We actually only monitor them by 
the amount of light that their um, that their sun gives that their star gives off of them. So we can only see them through like color color filters. But it's really not seeing them. But because they're so far away, we probably won't see any in our lifetime. But yes, there is possibility of life, and for a long time, we didn't have any here either. You know? I I'm kind of somewhere in the middle with the I, we just mentioned it on a previous podcast, but the the importance of people. There's one side that's like you're just a speck on a rock in the middle of a vast ocean of space. You don't mean shit. Then there's the other side that's like, no, we're made by God and we are special. We're here to save people from you are uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm somewhere in the middle where there is something crazy about humans, but only because we can think like that, and we're like. We, you know, I think therefore I am. There's something weird about us because we're the only ones that do this, like build houses and talk into microphones and do all that. So as far as Earth goes, yes, we are. I have no idea what the fuck else is out there. So I don't know if we're special or if we're actually the bottom of the food chain in the atmosphere, in the uh, universe. There could be something way crazier out there that we don't even know about yet that have well, um, my, flying okay, cars. So my thing is this. It'd be cool. Let's say you take it from a, a, a creationist standpoint, a Christian creationist standpoint, which I will not. But uh, just for our devil's advocacy sake, uh, let's say that that is what you believe, okay? So, Brandon, you mentioned earlier that a shitload of people believe in the 7,000-year creation cycle of the world. So, like, okay, let's for a minute just act like that is true. It was created 7,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago. Deuter killed themselves so we could all live horrible lives and get in for free at the end by apologizing. And in however much time that goes away, exactly the way that Revelation is talking about. Okay, so let's just for a second say that all of that is true. You don't think that if all of that is true, providing that everything they say about God is true, always has been, always was, all of that, you don't think that 7,000 years-ish of him having fun with us, he's not going to go, okay, well, I got a million of those. I'm doing tests on all of them. I figured out that this one was only going to last 7,000 years because that's how I fucking wanted it. And I have this one over here. That's going to last. Uh, I got that one lasting at 10. And, you know, he's checking his watch. I don't know if God has a watch, but he's checking his watch on his timer. And he's like, fucking this one over here has nine. Oh, that one over there. I bombed out on that one. That one's got 120. Like, you know, he's got all of these different test tubes, shall we say, of where all of us are at. So even if, even if you did believe in the lunacy of this is exactly what the Bible says, it is exactly true. I'm like, okay, so if what you believe and what you say is true, and what you teach about God is true, you're going to tell me that a flick of your fingers in what he would consider time, and he ain't doing other shit? No, he's got nothing else going on. Yeah, he's he's constantly obsessed with who we're fucking. You know, <laughs> like what we do when we're naked. You know, this is not... This is he's like, not oh, that was a penis in a man's butthole. Demerits? Demerits? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, so, Instant hell? Me is not... Sodomy is not just ass play. It's also mouth stuff, too, man. So it's, it's not oh, anything yeah. other than procreation. Yeah. All the fun goes out the window as soon as you uh, uh, you have to. You're forced to imagine the creator of the universe being obsessed uh, at least enough to send his one and only begotten son, um, who is also him, by the way, yeah. down to have himself uh, uh, you know, uh, kamikaze it's or he was, or he was so worried about a guy. I think he was fifth in line to not fuck his brother's wife that he pulled out. That not only did he kill him, but the whole story was such a big newsreel that he had it put in the Bible. Yeah. Well, I'm every sure every time God rewatches Brokeback Mountain for the hundredth time, he's like, 
fuck, I told him this goes in there, not the other way around. These guys have it all backwards. Uh, who cares if they love each other? That's the wrong hole, fool. And I mean, even even if even if he does believe that, let's uh, as I like to say, even if God, she does believe that, um, <laughs> there is really because there's nothing to say whether it's a he or a she. So you might as well just take a pretty good guess here if it has a gender at all. It's an it. God's a tranny. It's an it. I'm saying it here <laughs> for the first day. time. It's a day. If you are not saying that the Bible is the true word of God, if you are wanting to say in some Unitarian form that all the world's religions are trying to reach the same thing, you have to, in that way, say that you know the will of God. Really. Again, the, the hubris that people will adopt when they think that they've been spoken to or, or have seen anything like the creator of the universe, we just don't, we just don't need it, man. We just don't need like, it. Well, that, yeah, that is, it, that's a bring, bad bringing it back to about things when you think you're the, you're in touch with the guy who made it all. Yeah, well, bringing it back to John uh, writing Revelation, he wasn't he on some fucking island when he wrote that by himself? It sounds like he was doing a shitload of acid or whatever they had as an analog back then, ergot or DMT, whatever he was doing, he was high as fuck. That sounds like a DMT trip to me. And there's a lot of stories in the Bible that sound like they're drug induced. So it just sounds like some hippie in the in the hills coming down and being like, dude. Totally saw God. Well, he, he said butt sex is bad. Is I saw this dragon eating this lady. It was crazy, dude. It was like, yeah, that sounds like Tuesday, dude. Okay, cool. <laughs> and you are forced to. And you are forced to, you know, ignore that kind of stuff. I mean, the uh, the apostle, the, um, the letter of by by Philip, which was not included in the Bible, but is attested to, and it's written out very well in the Dead Sea Scrolls. You've got uh, a story where dragons come out of a a cave um i think to like try to eat a boy and jesus walks up to them and just says go away and they turn around <laughs> and go back into the cave i mean th this doesn't get marked off as like conjecture this is there's he's saying that there are dragons there as he as uh, as god does in um in job too when he shows him the behemoth and the, and the leviathan right you're attesting in the in these books to things that just cannot be true metaphorically or uh, and if they are true metaphorically they're useless and their lessons are better attained through secular stuff. Just because it is secular and religion, just because those are the two options, it does not mean that there is an equal likelihood for them to be true or that there's an equal uh, wealth wealth of value to be pulled from from each. Um, well, the whole just, book uh, of Job is it sounds like a bad acid trip. And at the end, he comes down and he has all of his shit back and he's like, oh, fuck, that was some strong stuff. That's what. It, so the lessons when you said there's no lessons to be learned, maybe, but I think the lessons are more subjective to the person. It's the same thing, like with any drug trip, whatever you see or like dreams. Even you know when you try to explain a dream to somebody and you just can't quite get it across because there's a certain feeling to it. It's like I can tell you about this weird house we were in, but you're not gonna quite get it. It's subjective to you. It's meant for you. I don't want to get all God on you, but. Whatever you're experiencing is subjective to you. So take <laughs> take from that what you will for yourself. Stop trying to push it on everyone else. I think that's the basic, uh, what I take from the Bible. Just don't be a dick to people. Stop being a dick. Yeah, and if it, if it, if we could, we ourselves, some of my favorite philosophers have talked, talked about this, but if we ourselves just sat down and edited the Bible, the Quran, any of these holy books with our modern thoughts, we could create, create something that is much better than that just because of the span of time, because of the of things like the enlightenment uh, that, that were here, we could make it a better book. Uh, you, you don't need, 
you, you just don't you can have that without all the bullshit you know yeah. what i mean like if, if, well you know, i think klaus schwab's trying to do that with the great reset and i'm not really a big fan of that so i'm just kidding we're bringing politics into okay. it. this is a religion episode <laughs> yep. shut up joe you'll, you'll have to You'll have to talk to my uh, my, my cousin, uh, Ryan, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we will. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I don't know about uh, – so is there – go ahead, man. Huh? Sorry, I thought you were trying to talk. Oh, no. Is there, is there some stronghold you guys find yourselves in where you are still thinking, like, this is – this is something you can point to and say, like, well, this is the thing that makes me think the most about that there is something extra out there, that the supernatural is a thing. Because no. I, I, that's one of, one of my main, one of my favorite things to talk about people who have, you know, similar uh, religious backgrounds as I do. No, I don't, I don't know. There, there's no stronghold. That's why, uh, I guess that's why I'm somewhat of a conspiracy theorist, just because I, am open-minded enough to admit that I don't know. I just don't know. And I don't think anybody else does either. There's the old saying, the uh, seek for truth, but, you know, reject the person who claims he's found it. It's been kind of my motto. If somebody's too sure of themselves, I'm like, that's why I don't trust the media. Because they're like, this is what happened today. I'm like, did it though? I'm going to look into that a little bit. And that started with religion. So there's the uh, 50-50, you know, pros and cons of religion. What about you, Ben? Is there something that proves to you that there's like an afterlife? No, and I think that that it going in any direction that you think is exactly where I come back at the end. As I go, I'm not nearly smart enough to be able to say definitively one way or another that there is or is not something. At the end of the day, I think whatever it is that you believe is exactly that. You're believing something, whether or not you know that it's true, whether or not you want to call it a crutch, you want to call it what you used to get through life, it, whatever it is that you believe, whether you believe it definitively that there is nothing or that there is something. Well, My thing is you, you end up believing something at the end of it because that's exactly what it is. You're believing it. It's, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to 100% be there. So I'm, I'm as open-minded to that as I am in my belief. Like I believe what I believe, and then if something else comes up to change that, I'll adjust the material accordingly. But... Otherwise, I, I just look at it as like, yeah, like I believe this because this makes the most sense to me. I can't I don't feel like I can prove it or disprove it. And I feel like that's what it is at the end. That's, but, a, that's how know. most conversations go, especially in 2020. It's like, prove it, disprove it. And there's like 20 studies on this side, 20 studies on this side. So I'm, that's why I'm always so so in the middle, Brandon. I get your side. I get Ryan's side. I, under, I, I get all of it. I just don't know where to. I'm not going to plant myself in any of these camps because I. I feel like an outsider to all the camps. I'm like, I, uh... that's what I That's what I said about aliens, dude. Like in my opinion, aliens would completely disprove a whole lot of shit that mom and dad want to talk about. But my thing is that I go, not necessarily with the way, not necessarily. Well, they would okay. call them demons. Yes, I know. <laughs> They'd be like the demons so, that showed up in the Bible. That's what we call aliens. Now, you know, <laughs> however they want to rationalize it in their fucking lazy but, brains. Yes. My thing is, is that if anything that we were told couldn't exist or wouldn't exist or anything like that, I would go, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it all makes I mean, sense. It's and this has been a fucking weird year. Like, you can tell me anything. And if you showed me evidence, I'd be like, yep. Sure, yep. Brandon, what you got? Just, just to close out, to, for people who are, though, on feeling like they are close to the edge of being able to, to hop off of the I don't know and 
I live my life at least this way accordingly. Um, as far as whether a God uh, exists or not, though, I would say you don't have to disprove anything uh, in order for, for your thing to be true. There's this idea in philosophy called the null hypothesis that says you should never be called when you're trying to talk about to, to plot out reality and how it works. You should never be called to ask to be dis, to disprove something. Um, you can you cannot really ultimately disprove anything. And it's not for some sim theory uh, reason. It's because you know, I can say that there is no such thing as pink elephants right now, but I can't search every moment and every time uh, and every planet to really, really say that there are no pink elephants. So to say all the way that there is no, there's none of this, or none of anything, um, is, I think, a, a false dichotomy that you set up for yourself when you're reasoning. It is then left to someone to prove positively in the affirmative that things like God, like Jesus, like the goodness that only comes down through gods or goddesses, you gotta you gotta bring that evidence. It's not just because I can't disprove it. And there are people that just there is a great scale by uh, by Richard Dawkins that he developed where it's a scale of one to seven. So one being you ultimately every day damn sure in your real heart can say that uh, God exists. Seven being absolutely not. I know that there is no God. In there, there is some range. You know, and I live my life in according with like a six where I know that I cannot say that there is no God. But after looking at all the evidence, I do not see evidence for God. And I live my life in a way as though I think that there is no God. You know, there, so there is you don't have to disprove anything to anyone who's, who's really afraid of jumping off the, the edge and, and joining the atheist brigade here. Um, it's what it's what they can prove. And I think that everyone should be asking questions of themselves, not only of their own religion, but of their uh, political leaders, like we do here uh, on, on legit, uh, legit Bat and Dangerous World. Um, keep asking, but you gotta, you gotta, gotta bring the evidence, folks. Damn. Brandon with the mic drop. On that note, you want to plug, uh, Ryan said to make sure you plug the podcast. I told him I'd put it in the show notes, but make sure you tell people where you can get all your awesome t-shirts and all that stuff. <laughs> no, I uh, actually... <laughs> show notes. <laughs> I actually didn't uh, didn't come on here to uh, actually didn't come on here to uh, to advertise. I just know that you guys have had my cousin my cousin on here to talk about how my mom's been getting fucked by Pringle can sized dicks and shit like this. No, I'm just kidding. Now, I don't remember that. that awesome guy. <laughs> I'll have to I go back and listen. I don't listen to my own show. I don't know. Getting fucked by Pringle can, Pringle. But yeah. now, I don't believe that was your cousin's mom. So, so I just wanted to come on here and say that fat fuck. And no, I'm just kidding. No, no, I, anyone, anyone could go to, to that. No, for real, guys, um, Ryan is, is like the brains, blood, and, uh, and engine behind the Dangerous World podcast, which you can find on Patreon. That's our favorite platform for you guys to go to. We have tiers starting as low as three all the way up to ten. Uh, support us if you guys love us. Uh, our main uh, social media hub is on uh, Instagram. Through danger, uh, you can find us at, at Dangerous World Pod. There, uh, we have Facebook groups. Uh, you can email us directly. That's where my, most of my interaction will come from. Uh, at Dangerous World Podcast at Gmail dot com. Uh, get me a few other platforms set up as we uh, as we're going. But I'm ha- super happy to be part of this project. Uh, tune in if you guys didn't like me. At least give my cousin uh, Ryan a chance because <laughs> he is a he's a, a ball of fun. He's a wealth of knowledge. And we have a great time over there and are super happy to be uh, partnering with the Legit Bad uh, podcast as, as often as we can. Charlie Wait. Robinson was on our podcast a couple weeks ago, by the way, guys, and sends, sends his best if you haven't been in contact uh-huh. with him. Oh, good. Then he, Hell yeah. Yeah. He, 
he loves this little troop that we've set up. Um, so I'm happy to happy to be here for it, guys. Well, uh, thanks to you guys, you were part of the reason that we even I eventually I got the fire in my ass to start this. I've been talking about it for so long, and finally was like, if these two knobs can do it, we can do it <laughs> too. That's how all the best uh, ideas come about, man. We have a bad image of uh, of. Uh, of genius in this world, I think. I think real genius comes because you're trying to fuck that uh, that lab assistant that you were that you were assigned to in high school, you know. Yeah, we're <laughs> trying to make vaccines to kill us all. Anyway, have a good night, Brandon. Thanks for coming on, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.